Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. Case number 0172311. Statement of Dennis regarding the crazy thing that happened to him. What am I supposed to say now? Talk about your creepy story. No, I don't know. I. I, I <laughs> what? <laughs> I've been absolutely obsessively listening to this podcast called The Magnus Archives over the last mm-hmm. two weeks. I've listened to 80 episodes in like less than two weeks, actually. Okay. And that's how they all start. And that's where my brain is right now. I just I want to talk about these mysteries, Dennis. Yeah, well, next time you just got to let me know and then I'll let you in on the mystery. What's what's up with, with not them, Dennis? With what? You know, that monster. What monster? This, we're changing the format to be about the Magnus Archives because that's all I want to talk about. I don't know what this podcast is. If you change the <sighs> format, if you change the format to be like a Mr. Belvedere episode, then I got you covered. Okay, uh, Wesley, what did you learn at school today? What about that time that Bob Euchre punched you in the teeth? In real life? Yeah. I only wish I met Bob Euchre. Really? Yeah, he seems like a well. Fucking wacko old dude. He's no longer with us. He's alive and well. Are you Wait, sure? N- I'm not no, sure. No, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Hold on. Hey, everybody, I'm Josh. I'm Dennis. Hold on. So, Bob Euchre is alive and well. Yeah, right. So... Do we have to keep a running tally about how many people you say are dead that are actually totally alive? I mean, if you want to be pedantic about it, go right ahead. You know, I don't know what that means. Look, we can't all be right all the time. Well, you should try at least sometimes. Speaking of not being right all the time, we should address last episode we referred to ourselves as a couple of horny neosexuals. Randy <laughs> neosexual, Raunchy neosexuals. Yes, and I think we both simultaneously looked up what Neosexual was at some point since the last yeah, episode came out. Making sure we're not just talking shit. Turns out we're just talking shit. <laughs> we're just talking shit. A Neosexual is a thing, apparently. I don't I don't want to be involved with whatever it is. I didn't totally get it, but do we need to like read I what the definition like, is? I think it was basically, to sum it up, it was a, like a post-metrosexual thing. It was something about returning to a more masculine way of living but still being sensitive oh yeah no i don't want that neosexual is a neo neologism oh i'm sorry i'm sure that's not how you say that used to describe a subset of the heterosexual male population a neosexual relates to a departure from metrosexual back towards more traditional masculine characteristics a neosexual is described as james bond with a sense of humor wait a minute Maybe I am a neosexual. But. Hold on. James Bond was like a total misogynist, though. Oh, I just want to be a spy. Yeah, I don't think his spying had anything to do with his. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The traits of a neosexual include masculinity. Well, I am very masculine. Uh, Debonair bearing. I don't know what that means. Fit and healthy body. (laughs) Well, uh, 
handy around the house. Uh, sense of humor. Ah, loves to cook. Ah, okay. A neosexual is described as sensitive to his partner's needs without losing his masculinity. Like, hold on. See also macho sexual. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. Let's let's stop here. Yeah, I don't want to be a neosexual anymore. That one week was hard enough. Like the idea that being sensitive to your partner's needs in any way makes you less masculine is weird and stupid or like it's a special subset like it's a it's a masculine person who is sensitive to his partner's needs uh the world is truly a vampire garbage dump so you know there's a weird thing going on that okay. we need to talk about people i'm, I'm sorry riding uh, what what oh i thought it was me you wanted to talk about no 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 people I keep seeing people riding segways, acting like it ain't no thing. Like, did I bring it, this up on the podcast before? I don't think you did. Okay. Because like, I have a real problem with people riding non-traditional uh, <laughs> forms of transportation and acting like they're not. So we're talking like an actual segway here, right? Not like those one-wheel things or whatever? The one true wheel. What's a one-wheel thing? It's like a platform with one wheel in the center, oh, and you th- just kind of lean forward. <laughs> No, don't get me started on that bullshit either. Why can't you just ride a bicycle? I saw a dude on one of those one wheels when I was walking home from work when I lived up on Capitol Hill. And the dude was on one. He was a very tall man. And he had on, like, very tight shorts. He had the biggest dick ever. The whole thing was just... Uh, it was it was mind-blowing. Like this dude rolling at me it. with this big old sausage stuffed down his shorts... <laughs> It fucking freaked my shit out. I mean, look, God bless him, but hey, I, I don't want that. I I was I was gonna to throw some shade on him because he was riding one of those things, but I was like, ah, you know what? Never mind. Hmm. You got a whole thing going here. I feel like if you're gonna do it, like do it like that guy did. Like put on like skin tight exercise gear and go out and just fucking go as hard as you can. Don't like just be some schlub going to work. But I'd almost like appreciate if people did the uh, and you can you can translate what this looks like. But as they're riding the vehicle, they go like this. So that's like the you're making like a like eh eh. What do you think of this face? Right. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this dude's riding the Segway down the sidewalk, like fucking around on his phone, and trying to act like you know doesn't uh, excuse me. I'm on a Segway. Just like you know. Just busting through people. Okay, so I, let's establish this. I don't remember what you said. This is an actual, like, real segue, right? Yes, yes, sorry. This is, okay. I'm talking like, about a, Like a, the kind a that, that George W. Bush fell over on? <laughs> exactly, yes. Okay. He may have been a tour guide. He definitely did not have anybody with him. He was definitely on the sidewalk, which I was not okay with. Yeah, that's not. Even people on these, uh, you know, you got, you got older folks on these rascals now, and they're doing, like, 30 miles an hour down the sidewalk. <laughs> Now, if I could tear somebody this, up, this new recent development of elderly folks in rascals. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't ever go that fast. Somebody's souping up rascals. Ah, and I'm okay. gonna find out who. Ah, like a like a silver bullet situation, where you have like Gary Busey as your uncle. You got and he it. Comes and makes you like a gasoline powered rascal, and you use it to escape right. from the the vampire werewolf. Yes. No, not the vampire. The werewolf right. priest. It's, it's like we share a brain. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yes. 
So there's an Uncle Gary Busey in your neighborhood then. No, I never saw that movie. You better watch but, out for that um, werewolf. No, I mean, I will, but I don't want to be afraid of a werewolf. Then don't. My point is, my point is, forget, you know, announce there's a segue coming through. I'm okay with that. I'm still going to make fun of you. Just ride a bicycle. Did you make fun of the guy? To his face? Yeah. No, that's what I have a podcast for. Ah, okay. Did you tell him, hey, listen to this podcast next week. You're really going to get it, Buster. I, 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 I printed up business cards for us and I threw one at him. Yeah, there you go. But I throw so hard I cut his head off. Yeah. In my and the dreams. the Segway just kept on riding. Blow up every Segway. Maybe not blow them up, but I'm just, you know, just be cool about it. Who rides a Segway? It's got to be a tour guide. Those are the only people that I see on Segways anymore, is like people yeah. doing tours. Because God forbid you walk. But he's like fucking around with his phone. I'm just like, come on, dog. Like, that's a vehicle. Bullshit. Then you got all these bros on these like remote control skateboards. What? Do you guys have those out there? Remote control skateboards? Not remote, not remote control, but they have like a little handheld throttle. Oh, so it's like, okay. It's like an electric skateboard, but it's got throttle in your hand. And you just stand on it like an idiot schlub. And you just press the button and make it go faster. I saw some nerd one night riding around on like a homemade one. It was like an actual What's, skateboard. What? And he had, he had like attached <laughs> some electric motor and like a bunch of batteries to it. He was prototyping it. I'm assuming this isn't a Philadelphia thing, but do you have a lot of people with electric bicycles there? Yes, absolutely. So this is a... A, a, a thing that is almost exclusively for delivery people ah, here okay. in Philly. And they do like, uh, f- seems like 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's, f- it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. On the sidewalk? Um, sometimes. So when I was commuting to school, I lived at the top of a big hill, had to ride down the big hill and then ride up to the top of another big hill to get to school. So it was uphill both ways. Fun time. And that last stretch up to the school was always an ass kicker. And every fucking day for like two quarters, I think, I would start to get to school at around the same time. And there was this old dude just on an electric bike that would just smoke me. Like as I'm like just huffing and puffing (laughs) and going up this steep ass hill. I hated that guy so much. But I also wanted an electric bike because of it. I can see that. Out, Out here where it's really hilly as somebody that... Oh, yeah. That tackles a lot of those hills. It'd be great sometimes to not have to deal with that hill. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm here making, making fun of all these people, and I would drive my car everywhere if I could. Yeah. I just feel it. Like, um, I mean, I, I really like riding my bike, so I would still continue to ride my bike, but I'm, I'm already thinking that when I get older and my body continues to deteriorate, I would do that. Yeah. Drive or electric bicycle? Yeah, I'd probably get an electric bicycle. Yeah, soup it up. See if you could do like 50 or 60. I'll just bring it to my Uncle Gary Busey. Tell him there's a werewolf in town. You and this uncle. Uncle Gary. All right. So, Josh, we got a new segment on the show. Okay. It's called... Best Friend Simulator. Behind the Scenes. Best Friend Simulator. Behind the Scenes. All right. All right. So, today's Behind the Scenes of Best Friend Simulator. I'm going to... I'm going to peel the curtain back a little bit. We've talked about this. This is a strictly a two-man operation. Yes. Just me and you. I gave you some props last week for doing all the editing. Um, I do a lot of the social media stuff. And I also type up the little 
we we do a we kill two birds with one stone. I listen to the podcast after Josh edits it for any issues, and then I type up the topics we talk about. So this last week, I gave Josh my notes, and I put our apologies to anybody who doesn't like Josh's singing. Josh is now, as you're hearing, realizing that I found out his little his little uh, thing, his little dig that he put in there. So I put apologies to anybody who doesn't like Josh's singing. Um, Josh said, hey, the, the episode's posted. I, you know, trust that my best friend just took my notes and only added um, a couple of, you know, maybe like things I missed or something. But he changed the, our apologies to our apologies to anyone who doesn't like Josh's singing and Dennis's boring stories. Okay. I, you know, I was actually going to address this on on the episode. Explain yourself. Um, mm-hmm, when you sure were talking you were. about your trip to New York and you were just describing all the food you ate, when I was editing, I'm like, yo, this is so boring. Sorry. And then you went on to talk about your boring dreams. And they were boring, too. Yeah, but that, I admitted they were boring. Yeah. But that wasn't a well, story. It was I, a dream. I covered a lot, a, a, a lot of bases with that. I see. I don't See think you're boring. Uh, oh, obviously not. I think you told some boring stories on that episode. Hmm. That's fine. What did I tell you? Don't edit me. I edit you as much as I want. I know, I know exactly what I talk about. I'll hand over the editing to you then. Oh, I don't got time for that. You have some issues. I got too much. T- I, I, I spend a lot of my time cultivating stories to tell on the podcast so that people will listen over your singing. I have a beautiful singing voice. All the all the mail that we got this past week really reflects oh, on yeah? that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, can you show me some of it? Oh, uh... I, can you produce it right now? I have them all printed out, but they're at my uncle's house. <laughs> Your uncle in South Jersey? Uh, my uncle Gary Busey has them. I knew that was made up. <laughs> Full of shit. <laughs> Speaking of songs, you know what I've been thinking about all week? The video for Tom Petty's Running Down a Dream. Yeah, why? I don't know. I think... All week? Well, longer than that, my whole life. I think, well, since that video came out. <laughs> oh, buddy. I think about that video a lot. <laughs> oh, just peel back that onion. That troll. What's up with that fucking troll? He's not a troll. He's like a little guy. He's like a little troll. He's, He's got like a little dream weirdo. Big old stogie. He's wearing a crown. What's his fucking deal? What's that What's that weird <sighs> magical trip he takes Tom Petty on? It's, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know why, I'm just assuming it's a dream. Hmm. You see, it's one of these these here videos where they took the the they took the song, and then <laughs> they made a video that's just like the song. Except it's not. Never at any point does he sing. And then I get real big, and I'm walking through a normal sized city, and then I climb up in the Empire State Building and get attacked by giant mosquitoes. Yo, but seriously, what would you do if you're just hanging out in downtown Seattle, and all of a sudden, giant Tom Petty comes busting through? Now, I was thinking about this. I have two different two different answers. and I, You already have answers for this. I have answers for this, yes. I, I put some thought into <laughs> All this. Right. Okay, go ahead. We have either A, and, and I probably won't know until it happens. I would either A, shit my fucking pants. I mean, that would be a definite. Yeah. Or B, when everybody else is freaking out, I would turn and look at the camera and just nod. Like that one video, like that one cartoon man does. What What camera? You know. I'm assuming Josh. I was in some Josh some cover version of Running Down a Dream. Josh. Yeah. Do you think that your life is being filmed 
yes, I think that my entire my entire life has been a Tom Petty video. Let me ask you a question. That's why I'm so freaked out by the vo- troll. I'm waiting for him to show up. Do you take me on some minorist journey? <laughs> do you hear a voice that's a running narrative of everything you do during the day? Yeah, it's Tom Petty. You hear Tom Petty's voice. Yeah. Oh boy. Where's that troll man now? He's waiting to take me to. Yo, if the troll man stands up behind you, I'm gonna fucking turn off this computer. I'm gonna press the off button. Yeah, he's gonna press my off button. <laughs> oh shit. Take me to some hellscape where there's. He's gonna run down your dream. Yeah, it's gonna run down my life. But you you think the troll man dies, but I don't think he died. He passes away in that video. He doesn't not pass away. He it's implied. He drifts off into he, space, Dennis. Into the cold vacuum of space. He disappears from the dream. He ran enough. He's tired. No. His body's weary. I think our friend Tom Petty is with him now. R.I.P. Tom Petty. Dead. This is a weird tribute to Tom Petty. Well, it's our second time. Life. It's our second time talking about Tom Petty. We did talk about the Tom Petty, didn't we? We did. What's your favorite Tom Petty song? Running Down a Dream. <laughs> I said song, not video. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it might be that. Mm. Uh, American Girl's pretty good, too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know you're a big Tom Petty, Petty fan. Because you weren't too sure if your opinion was right, so you asked me if I felt it was right. <laughs> That is uh, that's a good song, right? Right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyway, uh, speaking of more weird shit, Jamie and I watched Mindhunter on Netflix mm. this week, which is pretty good. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big kind of true crime serial killer fan. I guess you could say not enthusiast. I don't want to say I'm, I've just always been very very fascinated by serial killers. And within this last year, I've gotten super deep into it. But we were watching it, and there's spoiler alert. Uh, they show little glimpses of uh, mm. Dennis Rader, BTK, the mm. bind torture kill guy, uh, kind of leading up to his killing. And the, one of the, they showed at, at one point he was sitting watching TV with his wife and just practicing tying knots. And I got really excited because I've definitely practiced tying knots while watching TV with Jamie. And I was like, oh, look, it's me. And she just looked at me and said, hey, please don't compare yourself to BTK. What's wrong with you? I'm not a serial killer. I Not yet. Not yet. No, I, I think one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by serial killers is I feel like if my life had been a little different, I could have been a serial killer. Great. Great. Like, I feel like I relate, except I have empathy mm-hmm. and I, I can connect with human beings. So that's not how that works. You can't say I could have been a serial killer if I didn't have empathy and didn't connect with people. Yeah. Well, no, it's it, looking at like the histories of, of people that are serial killers. There's a lot of commonalities. Turbulent childhoods, emotionally detached parents, bedwetting was a big one. Head injury at a young age was a big one. A lot of those things... I fit that profile, but you could see there's a point in like a lot of the histories of serial killers that I've seen where they don't get the thing that they need, which is a way to connect with people and stuff. And, and they, they lack that kind of socialization. And I think that's why a lot of them tend to drift off into doing that. They have this weird inner fantasy world and just delve into that and lose touch with reality. Yeah, but don't they have some attachment disorder stuff at the beginning of their lives? Some do. I don't think your mom was that distant when you were a baby. But seriously, though, I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> See, when you look at me like that, I don't believe you. I'm going to fucking kill you, Dennis. 
Jesus Christ. That wouldn't make you a serial killer, though. If I kill you over and over again. Wait, what? This isn't a dream. I keep telling you this is real life. I just will jump from world to world. Mm-hmm. I'll be a, a Dennis ex- exclusive serial killer. Are you high right now? I just kill various Dennis's. Are you in, on mushrooms? In the multiverse. That's a good idea for a book, huh? You, us being on mushrooms? No. A dude who goes and kills his best friends in the multiverse. Okay, what's good about this idea? I don't know. It'd be pretty dope, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to read this not at all being able to figure out where your inspiration came from. <laughs> you killing me over and over again. That'd be really weird if you put out a book. You're like, hey, surprise, I put this book out. And, you know, I dedicate it to you. I'd be like, holy shit. Like, first of all, I didn't know you were writing a novel. And second of all, I'm touched. And then I read it. And every chapter is you killing basically me over and over again. Oh, Daniel was a portly gentleman, but he was my best friend. And I'd just be like, wait a minute, there's so many similarities here. What the hell's going on with this? And each... Oh, and then I went to his apartment in Philadelphia, and I murdered him again and again. <laughs> I think I'd give, I think I'd pull out a restraining order against you. I'd show it to the police officers. I'd be like, look, here it is, another chapter. I'm thinking his name is Dennis with two N's. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> Do not write this book. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to write a chapter. I'm going to sue. Oh, my God. I'm going to release it on the Patreon. (laughs) I think you should write it, but then I'm going to sue just like Nicole Brown's. Nope. No, who's the guy that got? Oh, just like the Goldwater sued O.J. Simpson when he tried to put out the book. If I did it, oh God, to explain how he would ki- how he would have killed them if he did, they blocked the book from coming out, and also they had he had to give them money. I'm gonna do that to you. I'm gonna keep you locked up in legal hell, and the book will never come out. Try it, and then we're gonna do separate podcasts about it. We'll do this guy. Josh is a fucking lunatic. Read this shit, <laughs> and I'll just read. World 1A7-6. Oh, God, no. Stop it. You can't cover podcasts. You know that, right? What? You can't do a cover version of a podcast. I can. Oh, it's my favorite favorite bit from this other podcast. Ready? Here it goes. That's not what I was just doing just now. I don't know what you're doing. I was traveling to another world. It's a... Oh, I thought you were still talking about that other podcast. I'm going to produce like an audio drama. Of a, In every episode, you're going to be killing me over and over again. Of a heroic serial murderer. <laughs> oh, so now you're a hero. Named Josh. With two S's. That's not okay, because if you're <laughs> a hero, that means... What? That doesn't make any sense. If you're a hero, that means that for, that I would you'd be killing me, who was a bad person. Well, uh, so then you'd have to... Let's say I... I mean, I'm sorry. My protagonist would be... Uh, an anti-hero type. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start suing you. Start it. How much is it? How much does a lawyer cost? More than you could ever get from me. <laughs> oh man, that's a problem. He needs more money. You need to think about that. <laughs> I think the lawyer would take one look at me and be like, "Uh, maybe not, buddy." You. Uh... The judge would tell us to shut up, especially when we showed up with the recording devices. Yo, this would be good for the podcast, Judge. Let us, <laughs> let us record this. This is going to be some good material. Hey, Judge, do you want to be in my podcast where <laughs> I, I pretend to kill Dennis in another world? <laughs> Judge, do you want to be in my podcast where I talk about how fucked up my ex-best friend is? <laughs> ex-best friend simulator. Oh, man. It's gonna, and my, that's when the, the, 
that'll be yours, ex best friend simulator, and mine will be best. Yeah, friend. that's when my podcast. Mine will be best friend murder later. <laughs> best friend murderer. You would, you would definitely go to jail. Best friend murderer. I like that. I'm gonna poison you. Look for that early 2018, everybody. <laughs> that's in like two months. <laughs> I don't like I don't like the timeline of this murder. <laughs> Exhibit A, episode eleven, best friend simulator. The twenty six people that downloaded it can also be uh, key witnesses. We'll get a good forty to fifty downloads. The the twenty six best friend maniacs that download it, and I bet they'll fall neatly right down the middle. Uh, half of those crazy fuckers will support me. Um, I was at a birthday party last night. I'm just gonna get off of this topic because it's weird. Uh, <laughs> I'm at, I was at a birthday party last night, and somebody's like, "No, you shouldn't call them the best friend maniacs. You should call them the best friend stimulators." And I said, "I was at Ob's birthday party." I said, um, uh, "That doesn't make any sense." Also, best friend stimulator is what I figured that when we get really popular, pop, popular, okay, when we get really popular, uh, they're gonna make a um, a porn parody and it's gonna be called best friend stimulator. The the thing is, they don't do that anymore. I think because of lawsuits uh, and stuff. No, they still make parodies, but they have to name them all. Like it would be called best friend simulator, a porn parody. Look it up. Why Why do you know that? Do you only exclusively watch parody porn? Yes, that's the only way I can achieve. Uh, I think you're right, because I was walking by the (laughs) forum, which was... I don't think it's there anymore. It was a porn theater on Market Street in Philadelphia. And, of course, I had to see what was playing. And it was a quadruple feature of Seinfeld, Friends, Scrubs, and... Something really bad. Like, some other sitcom and all porn parodies and none of the folks in the seinfeld uh, movie looked like anybody from the tv show i think they should have sued on that well i didn't like it after when i watched it so okay you you were disapproving from inside of your raincoat exactly (laughs) i don't like that you know what my outfit was i know you because i've killed you in that theater in a different universe stop it no, you'd leave that theater is off limits in the in the killing. No, that was the one where you had a snakehead. What? Now I'm different. I look different in each universe. Yeah, slightly different. So now there's lizard people in that universe. Yeah, I mean there's lizard people in this universe too. Oh shit, dude! Which is a good segue into Josh's paranormal portal returns. Doug. That was a professional segue. Thank you. Except there aren't lizard people in this story. Mm, Sorry. Fuck you. I mean, I could make stuff up about lizard people. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so this week, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, one of my recent obsessions, uh, the Stardust Ranch, which has made recent headlines because it's up for sale. So just some quick background story behind this. It's a ranch in Buckeye, Arizona. It was purchased... By John and Joyce Edmonds in 1997. John is, was a retired social worker, and his wife worked in some capacity for the FBI. I haven't been able to find any information about that. Some said she was a full-blown FBI agent, but I have a feeling that was not necessarily true. They initially they sent their they spent their savings to buy this ranch to start like a dog and horse rescue place with the hopes of doing like a kind of therapeutic stuff with it places called hopeful hooves oh boy yeah so john edmonds claimed that when he moved in 
to this ranch, the possessions of the previous owners were still inside, almost as if they just left. And I've heard different accounts of this, too. I don't know how true that is. I need to stop saying that because, yeah. Yeah, come on. We, We have no confirmation on any of these facts. Yeah. So he talked to the realtor about it, and when they came back a few hours later, all the possessions were in the pool outside, which was the first sign that something weird was going on. Oh, shit. Not too much longer afterwards, Edmonds was out on the property, and he was approached by a wild-eyed guy carrying a machete. And Edmund was like, hey, man, you need to get off my property. I live here. You know, like, you can't be here. And the guy was like, oh, no, it's cool. Like, I live here. I take care of the monsters. Yeah, Edmonds asked him to leave and said, "You're," and the guy said, you're going to wish I was here. There are monsters on this property, and I kill them. And I kill them. And I kill them. So, (laughs) uh, Edmonds chased this guy off thinking this guy's a lunatic but then he started seeing orbs circling the ranch uh which you know we've talked about orbs earlier in the Mm -hmm. podcast always a precursor to to some kind of paranormal activity Mm -hmm. Uh, but then the grays started showing up your your classic gray aliens zeta reticulans as they do what have you yeah he and his wife started waking up with puncture wounds and bruises i think a few like burns things too and they were experiencing lost time several of the horses were found mutilated in like typical cattle mutilation fashion which is i think the genitals are removed the eyes mouth i think are the common things sounds like they had a best friend trying to write a novel (laughs) the horses maybe horses have friends anyway go ahead was is there another universe where the greys are best friends with horses maybe i was one of the horses Ooh. And in that world, I'm a gray. In this world, you're a gray. Mm. (laughs) Come back. (laughs) Good one, dude. Nice. Professional. So anyway, uh, John Edmonds decided these assaults on him, his family, and his animals were, was, he said, enough is enough, and started stocking the ranch with an arsenal and decided to, and I quote, respond with the most violent behavior possible when threatened again and this this came to fruition he he i think actually attacked some of them earlier but at one point john walked into the bedroom and found three grays because they always approach in packs of three they were levitating his wife above the bed he grabbed his katana and killed all three of them he he in fact claims at this point to have killed 18 or 19 i think and says that the thing is these things exist partially in another dimension and they only fully become solid when they're comfortable here and he claims that he thinks it has something to do with their brain that they have this ability so when he kills them their their bodies disappear before they truly die they, they shift back into their dimension mm. so he says he, he thinks that if you can decapitate one quickly it won't have the time to do that their bodies disappear, but they leave behind blood, tissue, and whatnot. I have a picture, actually, in our notes here, if you scroll down. Uh, this is from his Facebook page, which, yes, I am friends with him on Facebook. Where he, oh, come on, dog. <laughs> he claims the blood is from a, a gray that he killed on March 13th, 2017, that attacked him just outside so, of his carport door. So... The katana is on the ground, because after you cut somebody's head off, you just throw the throw the sword where the body was, and there's just a bunch of blood smears. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah. 
so he he claims that he impaled a gray at one point and when he pulled the sword out the gray disappeared but there was a clump of material left behind on the katana so he he took that to be analyzed by a guy named dr william c levengood who was a a noted paranormal researcher uh he did a lot of research on crop circles and whatnot but also was a biophysicist and he studied these samples and claimed that the protein structures of them were similar to that of an animal but contained chlorophyll like a plant which is the thing you don't see here on earth he also matched samples of this to numerous samples from cattle mutilation sites over the past 30 years mm. and according to edmund Dr. Levengood died under mysterious circumstances not long afterwards. He took a fall in his lab, had a head injury, and then the samples disappeared. Now, I looked into this, and dude was also, like, 88 years old, I think. So, I don't know. There, there's a lot that's that's fishy about this, if you haven't picked up on that just yet. No. Anyway. What? I thought this was a true story. John claimed that after this, after Dr. Levengood's death, men in black suits showed up on his property and advised him he needs to keep the results of the test private for his own safety. John, however, is a bit of a maverick and didn't comply and went public to some of the most reputable media outlets out there, Coast to Coast AM, the television show Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel and the Project Camelot YouTube channel, which the videos have a really awesome, sick cheetah running around. Like, do you mean sick like, oh, yo, sick cheetah, or it's like a cheetah that's, like, throwing up on itself? (laughs) It's vomiting up uh, alien giblets. I started reading ahead, and I thought, I swear to God, after you said most reputable media outlets, I was going to be like, oh, CNN, and then (laughs) Coast to Coast and Ghost Adventures. Yo, how sick would it be to see a cheetah fight some greys? I would, I'd like to see anything fight these greys. Yeah. I've heard so much about them. I'd like to see him fighting some greys. Oh, sure. With that sweet working katana sword. Uh, yeah, he has a lot of, not. he has not only swords, he has multiple swords around and knives and stuff. And you could see this too when he's being interviewed. He's often holding a katana and there's, you know, weapons around. He said that at one point he walked into his bedroom and, or no, he he walked outside and saw that greys were levitating his wife out of the house towards a ship that was hovering nearby. And he grabbed his AK-47 with a double banana clip and opened fire on the ship and chased it off. On the ship? He chased the ship. Opened fire on the ship. Yeah, yeah. With With the machine gun. So... These things can levitate with their minds. Yes. But he chased them off, and he killed some of them with, 19 of them with a katana, and he chased a ship away with a machine gun. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. Keep going. I just wanted to clear that up. So, some of John's dogs actually died after attacking the greys, just kind of keeled over not too long afterwards, and John himself claims that he was infected with some mysterious fatal illness due to his exposure to the greys, but was cured by a good E.T. who came through and healed him with a golden globe. (laughs) Uh, Who did he get the golden globe from? Was like Amy Poehler's or something? Yeah, Amy Poehler's. Thanks. Thanks, I'll be here all night. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is similar to the the Mel's hole story. Mel himself was healed by the tumor seal that came up out of the hole in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And you didn't. And I just want to make sure everybody knows: good ET is in quotations. You didn't come up with that. Yeah, phrase. yeah, that was that was what I read. It was referred to. So there are several stargates on the property here, uh, including one in his living room that. One night, he and his wife were watching television and saw some Roman soldiers walk into their living room because of... What? Yeah. Yeah. Edmonds claims that the ranch somehow has the ability to help people connect to their inner selves, and that's in air quotes, uh, to find focus and clarity in their lives. Sounds nice. Yet, despite all this, Edmonds is currently selling the ranch for $5 million. There, there's actually a real estate listing for this. You can find it online. And I was looking, and surrounding properties are not quite as highly priced so i think he's selling the experience here the stardust ranch experience Mm -hmm. so if you could uh please chip into our uh gofundme (laughs) we're trying to raise five million dollars come on we just want to do a podcast from this place it's gonna be awesome that'd be sick man yo my new best friend's gonna be a gray and i'm gonna let him kill you my new best friend's gonna be a horse Of course. Of course it's going to be a horse. <sighs> so. Mine's going to be the better podcast, by the way. I don't know. If I have a talking horse on mine, who doesn't tell boring stories? I hate you. Continue with this. <laughs> so Edmonds didn't see just grays on the ranch. He also saw something he and his wife refer to as Brillo men, uh, which were tall bipedal creatures that he had often seen walking in the distance. Uh, they were very shadowy, and he called them Brillo Men because it looks like they were made out of Brillo pads, like kind of wiry, dense substance. There's also the ghost of a teenager who committed suicide on the ranch. Uh, of course. It's like a fucked up sitcom. Yeah. And recently, he said he started seeing mantis aliens. I was trying to find it. He, he posted about this on Facebook, I think, a little while ago, but... Uh, mantis aliens or mantid aliens which are are one of the common more common types of aliens seen uh large insect like creatures uh he says that these were apparently helpful and he thinks that they're actually warding off the grays and keeping them away yeah so that's pretty much it i did watch the episode of ghost adventures online in preparation for this and that that's not a very good tv show (laughs) <laughs> no tell me more uh i don't know it's got some, dare you. some goofy ass dude in a flat brim cap and big old glasses wait a minute wait act, hold on act, hold on <laughs> hold on stop this podcast you're telling me that a show about some ghost shit has a goofy ass dude with a flat brim hat i haven't heard that one before <laughs> some weird bro uh but he asked john edmonds if the the grays ever reacted to the name of jesus christ <laughs> And the Greys were were scared by it, so that's the thing you could you could think about. Just marinate on that. And they reacted negatively. Negatively, yes. They were scared off when he invoked the name of Jesus. That makes sense. Uh, they knew Jesus will <laughs> fuck them up. So basically, I think this is my own amateur opinion. Mm-hmm. This dude is just basically trying to make some money. No. He's concocted this whole thing. 
Because you could, he keeps trying to, to say that the ranch has like all these positive aspects too, but then keeps saying, oh, I'm under constant assault from aliens that are trying to molest my wife and me and kill us and, you know, all this crazy shit. But then he's like, yeah, but then you could find like secret inner knowledge by being here. Uh, and then there's a, a man named Tommy Hawksblood, who is another regular Coast to Coast AM guest. Uh, he's a guy from Hawaii who has had a lot of contact with aliens. I think he, he's witnessed, like, aliens fighting soldiers or some shit. And he was one of the people who initially helped John come forward with this information about the ranch. But I was l- watching a, a bunch of YouTube videos of interviews with Edmonds, and Tommy Hawksblood was throwing some major fucking shade as recently as, like, three weeks ago. Whoa. Saying that this dude is a fraud that he abuses his animals, that he makes up a bunch of shit, that he's also misrepresenting shit. But Tommy Hawksblood is still saying that shit is real, that he is having encounters with stuff. But he's saying it's like, he's like, there are just demons there. There aren't aliens and all this crazy shit. So (sighs) Somebody's always got to take it too far, right? It's just a bunch of demons. It's not aliens. Yeah. There's no Roman soldiers, just some run-of-the-mill demons. Just some demons and the ghost of a teenage suicide. That's it. And the Brillo men. And the Brillo men, which are just demons. Yo, let's tape a bunch of Brillo pads to ourselves and just go run up on the ranch and see if maybe they attack us. Dude will shoot us with an AK-47. Yeah, but then we can sue. I got an idea. Why don't you do that, Dennis? You're just trying to kill me off so you can be best friends with the horse. What would you do if if you got there dressed in your Brillo pad outfit and it was just me standing there with an AK-47? Can't say I'd be surprised. I said, finally, this world was getting old. And I'm writing that down. Well, that's a good line. Well, well, <laughs> we'd have we'd have episode eleven. Excuse me, my rides here. We'd have episode eleven <laughs> as Exhibit A. I'd be gone from this world, so it doesn't matter. You know, you can't teleport, right? <laughs> if I get to Stardust Ranch, maybe I could use the gate in the living room. And maybe you could ride a horse onto another dimension. Oh, man, that would be so good. Just real quick before we go on a more serious note, I just wanted to say RIP to both Martin Ain of Celtic Frost and Fred Cole of Dead Moon, two of my very favorite bands. So I'm eternally grateful for the music those guys made. Yeah, thanks for the music, guys. And I hope, I don't know, your deaths weren't too bad. Very heartfelt. Hey, Josh. Hey, Dennis. That's all the time we have for this call. Okay, fine. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.